Welcome to Marketing with Confidence. I'm your host, Marianne Amies. We're going to be talking all things digital and online marketing for business owners and marketing professionals. If you've been feeling overwhelmed by your digital marketing, be sure to listen along and you'll hear tips, interviews and more that will give you the confidence to create marketing you love. Welcome back to another episode of Marketing with Confidence. I'm so excited today to be joined by Charmaine Keegan. Charmaine's a trainer, a keynote speaker, director and founder of Smarter Selling. Thanks for joining me, Charmaine. Oh, Marianne, it's been a long time. I've been waiting for this. Thanks for having me on board. My pleasure. Look, to start off, if you can introduce yourself and tell us how you became so passionate about inspiring exceptional sales skills in others. Yes, look, I was just, um, I grew up on a farm actually in England and then at the age of 11, happened to go to our local farm shop to buy something and the guy went, what do you do on Sundays? And I said, I'm not sure because we start work here tomorrow. So I started to work in this farm shop selling, frankly, it was eggs and potatoes and cabbages that I used to dig up. But the lady there was really exceptional at customer service. In fact, she over-serviced, which caused a problem. But I noticed how she engaged with people and her intent, it was real. It wasn't because of money. Mm. She just genuinely cared about people and that came across. So I learned quite quickly to adapt and that's, that's our whole philosophy, observe and adapt. And so I'd think, oh, Frank's coming in. I'd put the classical music on. I'd clean a bit. And I'd go, oh, Frank, by the way, your wife was in the week and she wanted these three things. We didn't have them then, but we have them now. Or <laughs> they come in later. I'll drop them off on my bike as I go past. And I just recognised it, it doesn't take a lot to, to care. That mm. comes within. And also it really goes a long way with people. Yeah. Um, Caring. So that's that's what I did. Then I wanted to have other sales jobs. And I worked in media and I worked in other places. I started a magazine when I was 19 with somebody and then got into the world of advertising for mm. 10 years and then became a manager early on. But I shouldn't have been. I had no management skills. It was the old thing. Okay. As a salesperson, you know, manager. And it's because I was very, um, I don't know, I think I was hardworking. It was that grit yeah. of being on the farm. And also I just thought I was out of my league the whole time. I just yeah. long here. They're all professional salespeople. I've got to work twice as hard, twice as long. Yeah. But I rec- recognised that I understood how to observe and read people. And mm. the big thing, uh, Marianne, where most people in that era, 80s, 90s, was very <laughs> good to the gab, so nice to the Eskimos, show up and throw up, spray and pray. That's what we used to do. And they'd be, you know, they'd be persuading the client to buy. My philosophy was never that. It was always just listen, understand, have an intent to help, ask more questions. Mm. And no one taught me that. I just realised if I shut up in a meeting, I'm going to see, I can understand them better and I yeah. can understand um, where they're coming from. And Mary and most people don't actually know what they want. And so you recognise if you just react to what they ask you, it may not be the best outcome for them. Mm. Well, that and then I came over to, I went to, to work for the Daily Telegraph, which is the biggest selling newspaper in the UK, biggest selling quality newspaper. Mm-hmm. Then I came over here. My budget was four million when I landed here. And wow. I took, just, they actually, you know what happened? This happens in media a lot. This happens in these sort of dodgy companies. Mm-hmm. They sort of screwed the new girl. Like everyone else's budget was a million. And I recognised quite soon that the manager was trying to move the money around and he said, uh-huh. no contacts, you know, you, you don't know anybody. Yeah. So you're not going to make a million. You're not going to make it. So we'll just give you four million, then people can have some money. And I took just, <laughs> just I know, it, like now you think you couldn't get away with that, but, you know, you just say yes to a job, particularly if yeah. you're going to afford a visa. And um, 
I took just under 12 million that wow. year. And, you know, all I did was, you know, it's not brain surgery, most of it. It's, I mean, there is a science to selling, but I have, if you have more appointments than anybody else and you have listen more than you talk and you don't get reactive at what somebody says, you know, mm. people have a 100 grand budget and I'd think, oh, that's, that's what you think you need. I, you don't know if that's what you need. And I yeah. frequently would go back with a three or 400 grand response and have a compelling reason why they might want to look into that. And I just worked hard on anybody else. I'd ring up the agency, Saatchi and Saatchi, wherever to get artwork, and they'd go, well, we can't give that out. And then 20 minutes later, I'd just ring again. I just kept ringing until I got something again <laughs> in the artwork. You know, if people just had people, I had the resilience, right? Yeah. On a farm, you have resilience. You know, you're poor, you're on a farm, you get resilience pretty quickly. Yeah. And so in those companies, I taught other people. And when I was about 16, I remember thinking, I'd love to be a sales trainer. Wow. My number one hope. My second job was to be a sports coach and my third job was to be a highly paid actress or hmm. some more like that. And then I did different things. Then I left and had a baby and I, somebody had come to me and said, oh, can you teach my team? Oh, this is a question that comes up with the SMEs that you might have as well, right, Marianne, that they say, are we down? Are we converting less because of the market? Yeah. Or is it because of the team? Yeah. And, so I had, and often as a, a, a small owner-operator that might have – you're up yourself, six people, eight people, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. size you are. You've got to be, you've got to be so many hats to everybody. And you know, if you want best practice, you've got to know how to sell. And usually, yeah. they're because I've known how to sell, but they might have known how to sell from twenty years ago, or ten years ago, or five years ago. Mm. It might be called in. People say, "Well, I don't know if it's them or the market yeah. or what they're saying or what we're selling." And so I started to teach leaders and their teams on how to really empower their staff and really help them yeah. and their staff know how to engage more meaningfully and with integrity and authenticity so that's how it started then one day my husband said I said to him I think we're going back to work and he said I'd just like to point out you are working because I do it (laughs) you know business owners you know 60 hour a week and then I changed the name and I I called it something that sounded not shawmaking consulting (laughs) and then I met you you know that was like 11 years ago and then you I know marketing and that's (laughs) and here we are success story Dancing the, the rest is life. the rest is history. It's history. That's a long way of saying the story, but that's the story. Yeah, and I mean, I know since then you've trained, you know, over eight thousand people. You're now a keynote speaker for Salesforce. So you're, you know, what what's that like? What what do you get to do through that? Well, good question. <laughs> I think the most important thing is to go back a step. Why am I asked to be a keynote speaker? Yeah. I'll tell you why I'm asked, because I really make whichever organization hire me, I make them look really good. Yeah. So I do so much research and so much research on who's in the room, be it 2,000 or be it 50 people or whatever, yeah. so that they end up looking really good. I really think about the people's problems in the room and the pain yeah. points and what they're experiencing. And um, so I do a lot of that. I mean, not a lot all the time. Sometimes there's gaps between, but often it could be a couple in a month. Yeah. And- and things like that and it's because I'm also about a modern way of selling Marianne because yeah. like now sales you should be proud of to be a salesperson you know all these yeah. little words of success where success client services this or all these other success manager and all these other things we're hiding under like you should be proud to say I'm in yeah. sales I'm helping people yeah and do so with integrity and authenticity where you're partnering and collaborating yeah and selling out and persuading and so because of that philosophy, because I'm always at the cutting edge of stuff that's going on and the cutting edge of learning all the yeah. time, I study constantly, like two hours a day, I'm obsessed. Um, I think that's why I got picked up for my yeah. 
2022 and 2023, me and a great guy called Sian, and he's way above me, are both on their TV stuff and their materials and their downloadables and they do all their Amazing. TV. Yeah, it's great. I feel so humble to be asked, but it's fun yeah. and fun. It's a great, great organisation, wonderful CRM and yeah. you know, a lot of clients probably you might use that as well to yeah. help their people be empowered and confident and organised and, you know, handle their leads. Yeah, absolutely. Our Salesforce is an amazing piece of technology, you know, what it can do for a business and how it can help to add that structure, which I think is, you know, obviously myself being a marketer, as you said before, we bring all these leads in and then, you know, salespeople need to to convert it, but it's often in the follow-up and it's it's in the, exactly what you said, the tenacity and the resilience and having a system that can help keep you on track with that, I think, you know, beats the, the, beats the paper diary any day the week yeah and I mean you've just now something there I remember one of my first calls about 10 years ago and and marketing agency called me out to say we've been working on small to medium just what you do the same yeah and we've converted their leads from whatever they were getting I don't know say 10 leads a week and converting three to now 50 leads a week after three month plan and all the stuff yeah right and they did the same thing and that client was now getting 50 leads but still converting three yeah and it's because you know you can't just do one without the other you need an empowered team that's really sold on what they're selling that really know that sales is a science yeah and and daily there's things managers can do to really make sure they're empowered and, and engaging properly and forming relationships because frankly the way that you're doing websites for people marianne they can come to somebody's website they can get so much information yeah. now and clients are coming in so much better informed and educated that the touch point with that uh receptionist or whoever it might be inside salesperson rep directly owner is so far up the track yeah like where the old salesperson was the you know gift of the gab and sort of like charismatic well they've searched you out and yeah. they've come to you they've got a need and they've got a pain and and you've now through people like you have made yeah. the website enticing to get the lead in well you've got to be a salesperson now that can read listen adapt ask better questions be curious turn it around make sure they're sold before you pass them on to somebody else transfer that report book the appointment in you know first in best stress there's a whole science to that yeah you know it's it's I mean, it's why it's wonderful to work with you, actually, because it goes together so well, you know, because you need one and the other. It's like, yeah. what is it, strawberries and cream? <laughs> strawberries, strawberries and cream. Strawberries, <laughs> strawberries on the cream. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I came to one of your um, two-day sale accelerator workshops. Must be a decade ago. And, and I can honestly say I still remember, reflect, and, and can visualise many of the concepts you delivered. And, you know, I think the first piece of gold that I got from you is around the questions and asking, you know, I'd never really thought of sales in terms of that, you know, ask questions, ask more questions. And, you know, I can I can still see you drawing on the board the kind of the hidden answers, you know, when you keep asking and then you get to the deeper level and the deeper level. And when I have new team members start and if anyone then goes on to kind of be involved with client leads and they say, oh, what? well, what do you normally talk about? And I say, I don't. I just ask questions. I just ask lots of questions and keep asking questions. And I think, you know, that has been, that was such a huge mind shift for me then, but it still stayed with me now that, you know, my my job's not to get on a call and push my agenda. My job is to listen and listen and listen and listen and then find the solutions that match what they need. Mm. And your 
your clientele, it's the same. People can think their job, particularly when you hire people and you're busy as a small business mm. owner, you think, well, you know what you do. People tend to think salespeople know what they're doing, as in like, yeah. oh, it's an eight. It's not a skill. It's an eight, right? Either you are or you're not. Yeah. For, and then that salesperson, if they haven't any training in the last five years or ten years, I mean, sales has changed so rapidly, most people often, you know, they just go, we're too busy to have sales trainers, they're just getting on with it. Yeah. And that might mean the salesperson thinks their job is to pitch and is to yeah. and is to explain rather than that whole thing of actually when a client comes to you, they may have come because they have a need that you've got, but that that there could be 16 hidden needs. Yes. The motivators could be different or they may have tried other things out that don't work and what's their personality style, what's their mm-hmm. motivators their drivers what's their needs likes you know wants desires why they come to you what's their urgency who else is involved there's thousands of questions you could ask but I think when you have a team before they ask the questions you you need to work on mindset and that is to make sure your team go in every day Mm. seeing themselves partner to the client yeah and not somebody selling at the client and that starts with your leaders that are listening like to make sure that even in the office you talk about partnering and collaborating yeah. and long relationships and don't go sell at you know, <laughs> what's your language that you're using you know but I'm glad you remember that because you know what Marianne? I'm obsessed with how people learn yeah and a lot of time working out I mean I've evolved I've got that workbook right here actually I've evolved <laughs> um oh Mark's just picked it up for our photograph we did for Instagram just there but anyway here's one of them but I I am yeah we're on workbook number 27 wow you've evolved it that many times evolved although the fun that the main yeah. the main philosophy and philosophies but actually look at us now we're zooming yeah more we, we teach more reps to zoom than anything else because yeah eat phone calls better than email like you keep going up right phone email phone call then you've got zoom then you've got a meeting so yeah how to get people onto zoom the tips like that to form a different relationship wow. yeah so you know i think that's why people think that sales is selling at or they might have a stereotype from years ago which yeah exactly exactly at. yeah no 100 which is that you know kind of leads into another great question is that you know we often I think we feel that salespeople are extroverted you know and and that they have to be big and larger than life and loud and you know mm-hmm. take you out to the the pub for beers and you know is do, do you think that's evolved, that people need to be these big extroverted characters to yeah. succeed? Not anymore. I mean, we probably have some weeks a workshop every single day and I would say, Marianne, that I sometimes have groups. It could be 50-50. I mean, that's yeah. the population, to be honest. It could be less, it could be more. But there's a lot of technicians coming through, a lot of people with, so what's happening, and it could be because of, tech, right, it's tech mm-hmm. that's made this happen, is your technical guys, your technical engineers, um, they are now selling. Yeah. So go on somebody's site to, I don't know, build something or, or look at some IT stuff or whatever the technical thing is they're doing or engineers, but they're now been slapped with the, you're selling. <laughs> and they fall into two categories. One, they're like, no, I'm not. I didn't go to all that university to be a salesperson. I'm an engineer or I'm this. And they're mortified. And yeah. of those, or they're like, yeah, that makes total sense. I'm there anyway. I mean, they're actually extremely good introverts. You see, are so good at being inquisitive. Have you ever done yeah. 
just for any of those, they naturally want the spotlight on somebody else, right? So just <laughs> think about that for a moment. So if you're collaborating and partnering, you've got to have the spotlight on the other person. So technicians and in they're naturally investigative. They they naturally diagnose mm. and prescribe. They then need more assistance with things like landing a compelling message, yeah. being influential and being um proactive and get on the phone yeah. to more people and making more appointments because it takes energy for people to make appointments that are introverts mm. that takes energy to do two meetings it doesn't take me energy to do two meetings it doesn't take it takes some people a lot of energy to do that yeah. so they do it but then they'll be tired yeah energized by it so if you've got introverts in fact i have um one of our, we have four other trainers, one of them called Mike Carr. He's a master trainer of oh, loads of things. He's one of eight different businesses, GM of loads of things, but one of them's extended disc and he's in New Zealand. Um, Yesterday we had an interview with him. I have it every month or so. People in our academy, our online academy, they yeah. um, you did for us. Thank you very much. <laughs> they they have access to all of those interviews and it's yeah. live. And um, he talked about, motivating introverts and extroverts and so a tip from that because we we talk to them frequently and we have a whole day of extended disc yeah yeah there's only two master trainers of extended oh wow so he's pretty up there yeah he's most adorable guy he's like 76 he's he's got more energy than me which is you know me yeah yeah, you got a lot of it. And he's so kind and care and oh wow he said if you've got a team with introverts there's certain things, and we, we teach this on our extended discourses. Yeah. Extended for leaders and extended for teams. As a leader, the introvert won't speak up in a meeting. Mm. The extrovert will have, and it's not the only thing you talked about, it's not the only thing yeah. we teach about eight hours, but the okay. extrovert will have the airtime. Yeah. And doesn't like generally, so on the DISC scale, which is D I S C, people don't like to be unaware of what's going on. They need an agenda, they need to know what the meeting's going to be about. Yeah. Meeting, and they need to ideally know the questions going to be asked. So if you ask a question to me now, I'll just go, "Oh yeah, whatever," and I'd say it, and I wouldn't really hold much attention to it. Yeah, introvert would wait to give you an answer because they yeah. want to be it want they want it to be right. Yeah. So what can happen in meetings is they don't speak up as much. Yeah. And then they think of something hours later, but you've moved on. If you're a high D, you've moved on to the next thing. <laughs> put out and so or even four days later they might come to you so yeah. there's different ways of motivating them and praising them introverts don't like to be praised publicly yeah makes you know, uncomfortable. Extroverts like doesn't mind the odd being stroked like the, you know, the <laughs> dog and um, so there's lots of different ways to motivate um we also have situational leadership that we train a lot of other things we train for leaders actually but it's important because otherwise what happens as a leader hmm. and a lot of your clients would know this is you tr- you train you you lead everyone as though they're you. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. You know at some level they're not you. But because you go, oh, you know, people are motivated by money, you just keep paying them more. Or if you think, oh, they're motivated by this, you just keep doing that. You know, yeah. there's like a hundred ways to motivate your team. Yeah. And the team is the same as a client. Have you asked questions? Have yeah. you understood? Are you adapting to them? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think there are more introverts. Yeah. They are brilliant at selling because they are really clever at listening and yeah. not listen to talk. They're listening to actually listen to understand. And their development area is to be confident being in front of more people yeah. and be confident in landing a compelling message with clarity 
and having the selling skills and the science to continue that conversation and to to basically sell. And yeah. Whereas an introvert, uh, an extrovert, sorry, an extrovert naturally got the phone like a dog with a bone, mm-hmm. make a hundred appointments, barely makes any notes for any of them. Yeah. You know, you wrap up 30 other things that's going on. But at the first two days you think you've reached heaven because you've got this rep in that's like onto every lead before it's <laughs> even, the phone's even rung. And then a week later you look at all these you know, you, you CRM and notice that nothing's been completed. Or, <laughs> that's, that's what you have. You've got them in front of people, but they may yeah. do too much talking and not enough listening. And so their development yeah. is often organisation and prioritisation. Mm. And then, you know, it sounds as 99% listening. Yeah. You know, and just your talking is asking questions and then at the end give you a compelling reason. The rest of it's actually listening and understanding. Yeah. So, the differences that we're seeing coming through. Yeah, beautiful. It, it sort of makes me reflect on when you're even teaching somebody something and they don't write notes, you know, the person that doesn't write, no greater anxiety than the person that doesn't write notes. <laughs> you think this is, you know, and those people that engage you in the conversation, they're not writing anything down and you just think you, this is not, this is not going to stick. None of this is going with you. It's all. I had a client just then who never writes notes and she's got a photographic memory. Oh, wow. Notes. But and I've actually had a teacher in a meeting with a client, you might have to write some notes so the client can see that you're writing things down or you have to go, you know what, I'm remembering this. I just need you yeah. to not be freaky. Because some people will read it like you, which is, well, to show that I'm listening and to make sure I am listening, I have to write notes. Therefore, yeah. if you're not writing notes, we just assume they're not taken in. But also, remember, when you write notes, you're breaking, you're not actually listening and writing. True. But I have to write notes because if not, I'm also holding a holding pattern in my brain and I'm still yes. not listening. Yeah, so true. The lesser evil is just to make a note, right? And then you've got to clarify and collaborate with the client to make sure your notes are correct and it's yeah. what they going forward. But, yeah. Yeah, no, that's true as well. Um, I, I guess so, you know, thinking about that extrovert-introvert relationship, what about, I guess, you know, you talk about selling with integrity. What You know, what does that look like? Is that more important now than it used to be? You know, does it feel different for people, um, you know, people more clued on to when someone's coming from a genuine place? And, yeah, how how do people sell with integrity? Good question. I think sales of old have been burnt. I think younger people that are buying uh, naturally look at things like Google reviews and do a lot of homework before, you know, people like you that do websites and things. They're looking at these websites of clients before they even engage. They're used to live chat. They're used to electronic answers, frequently asked questions before they engage. And they have come through probably the more sophisticated approach with how people are selling, Mm. whereas maybe people on the other side of 40 have still got maybe a little bit of a residue stereotype of certain salespeople or yeah. they've been around longer to be burnt by somebody. And so they might come in with more caution and they might become the opposite. You know, we, we call it matching and mismatching, which means I'll be nothing like that salesperson and I'm totally honest and they're honest too soon. And what I mean by honest too soon is when a client says, can you do A, and you say no, it may not be A that they actually needed. Yeah. Things like that, like that, that needs some commercial smarts around you. But to answer your question, yes, I do think you need to have integrity, but I don't think you can teach that to your team. I think yeah. your team is so excited 
about what they're selling and so sold on what they're selling inside mm. out, upside down. You can give them success stories every day. Say this client came to us two years ago. This is what we saw them at a conference. Then they sent this thing on LinkedIn and then we sent this email. Then we invited them to this and these were the touch points. And then they needed this and we did this. And then yeah. we went to this. And you've got this opportunity every day, every single day to impart a success story to your team, not just go, oh, we got so-and-so in and clap at all the money that's coming. That's <laughs> the old school. That's the old school ring a bell. Yeah. Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Is the client had this pain and our product, solution or service yeah. solved that pain and this is what it now means to that client. They don't have to write a case study. Do they ever write a case study, Mary? I never. But okay. they don't have to have done all that. You can just verbalise it and yeah. share it. And your team will build up the confidence to go, we're only charging 20 cents. We're only charging eight grand. We're charging half whatever you're, you're selling. We should be charging more than that. And they suddenly see the value of what they're yeah. selling. Their mindset raises. They now feel confident and certainty. Mm. They get into that conversation already on the front foot, excited about being the trusted advisor, mm. the authority in their field, the subject matter expert. They're not the underdog. Thanks for seeing me. Thanks for the meeting. Da, da, da. All this sort of underdog, I'm taking up your time. Like That's that's old school. That's gone. That went years ago. Yeah. It's a sophisticated, intelligent approach where you're partnering and aligning and collaborating. I've had two calls this morning. I've shared my Word document. It's full of mistakes. But yeah. we are together collaborating on their issues and then yeah. I'm guiding them and there's a bit in that conversation where they go you know this person knows what they're talking about and the whole energy changes and all your listeners will know that when they're engaging with somebody at some point they ask a question and their customer will go oh that's a that's a good point can you help with that now you're no longer the equal now you're the trusted advisor that's when you can overcome objections you can educate you can guide so I think all those words the authority in your field, the subject matter expert, the trusted yeah. advisor is all from integrity. But I think to get integrity, you need to recruit correctly in the first place. Yeah. And then you need to constantly remind your team of the value of your offering so that your team's mindset, by the way, that means you make profit immediately because your team don't discount as often. So because the value in their head is, you know, they're given something, but they think, oh, that should be $8, and they immediately think it's more, which means when they go to market, they go with um, the energy is different and they know the value and worth. They're not. Yeah. If reps are persuaded, it means they're almost trying to talk themselves into as well. Yeah, so I think you're right. I think integrity, I think you cannot live without it anymore. And we just mentioned Google reviews. Can you imagine? Nowadays you can't have poor customer service. And, by the way, most customer service is dreadful. (laughs) Mo- and, and and most reps do not know how to sell well. You yeah. Know, 11 co- emails in today. Let me give you a great tip for the, for the first email that came in. They sent me something. I replied to say, I'm not interested yet, but, you know, if you can put a little video together so when I'm around I can do it. They came back with a persuasive, uh, with a, a bit of a uh, hard on, no, I'd rather talk to you. And I went, well, forget it. I'm a business owner. I might look at it at 11 o'clock tonight. Do you want to talk to me then? Do you want to Zoom me at 11 o'clock tonight? Like, I don't want to do, that. <laughs> do it in my own time. They did a little video. I haven't chance to read the vi- vi- watch the video yet, right? So I will do though because they've done it, and I'm quite impressed by that. So <laughs> I would it, you know, putting out sixteen other spot fires, and then they emailed today and said, "Have you know, have you a chance to look at my video?" But they didn't forward the video. Oh. Just oh. little things like that. Like I don't think as salespeople, I don't think generally people think about making it easy for the client to buy. Yeah. Them. I think we put our own roadblocks in and make it hard for the yeah. customer to buy. Yeah. You put these roadblocks in where rather than go, 
yes, of course, you know, yes, here, here it is below when you have an opportunity. Yeah. And, yeah. and add value in your email. I've noticed on your website you've done this. I've noticed on LinkedIn you've done this. I thought if you're in the market for this, I think we can help you. Like if you're going to do 200 emails a day, that's a different strategy, right? Yeah. If you're going to do seven, then yeah. you clients go to town. Make it yeah. about them. Make it completely relevant. Keep it short to the point. Make it relevant. I think, yeah, there's a lot of areas that you could – change like that i mean people could have 10 percent better profit if they just understood the art of customer service yeah yeah um, most people don't let me tell you a great story right this, i put it on a blog a year ago so my son was tense this is a couple of years ago actually wanted wanted to buy a um a, a cobra hat that's the name of it isn't oh it? yeah 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 and hatters give them a plug strand hatters so i emailed two or three places and by the way strand hatters came back immediately with Yes, we can help. The other two didn't come back at all. So there we are, number one. Uh, fail. <laughs> Brilliant job getting the lead in, but somebody's not picking it up, right? And he answered and and I asked him the question and he came back with a, yes, here's a link. And like, like all to the point, right? One line is easy, what I wanted yeah. to have uh, from Hamish. And I happened to go, thanks, Hamish. We might be in on Friday if we do a come between 11 and 12. It's my son's 10th birthday, wants a day of school. And, and we went in on that. That was the Monday. On the Friday between 11 and 12, mm-hmm. we walked into the Strand Hatters in the arcade. I've never been before. <laughs> and this guy, quite attractive as it happens, and <laughs> walked in. He's, they're serving people and he's finished. He turns around and he goes, Charmaine, Annie. And he he literally wow. birthday. And Aww. we were like, my chin was on the ground. And I thought to myself, do you know what, though? That didn't take a lot of effort, really. No. Not doing 70 a day, but it well does so much, which shows how poor customer service is. Yeah. Even in hotels, in hotels or even the venues we have, I often go to a venue, I say these six people are arriving early together or they're coming to stay in this hotel the night before, yeah. and I give them the names and I go, when they come in and they'll look like this, can you yeah. just go, oh, hello, da-da-da-da-da-da. Yes, Charmaine's expecting you on level one, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. It's not hard. It's not hard to be good. It's not hard <laughs> better than the normal standard. You know, so it doesn't take a lot is what I'm trying to get to. I know, I know. I know our expectation bar is set so low, but then still the the, the massive volume that fail. It, it's quite funny. I've been I've been doing a lot of recruiting this year. Um and I introduced these 15-minute speed interviews. So 15 minutes on Zoom, like I'm gonna ask you three questions and we're gonna look at each other. And, you know, that will determine whether you make it to a face-to-face interview because I had to cut down, you know, sort of losing 45 minutes with someone that you know is wrong in five minutes. And even that, I guess that personal sales ability that some people have, you know, comes back to a lot of things you just said. People that would say to me, I loved on your website that X, Y, Z. I saw on your social media that you guys, you know, you're all women and you're having so much fun or I've listened to your podcast episodes and I really love how you talk about this and that memorability of those candidates. But then others where I said, when we jump off, can you just email me your references or email me your resume? Three days later, sending me that email. And you just think, you know, that hunger, that, that, you know, but the the most basic things of, You want to get from A to B, whether that's the sale, whether that's your, you know, career progression, whether that's, you know, um, getting help in in the need you have. There's such easy wins that people just completely miss. 
And if they can't do that in the interview. Oh, I know. That's demonstrated that they're, and I'm going to top tip here, Marianne, come to our one day leadership course. One oh, of the yeah. things I teach is, well, we go through hundreds of things, to be honest, and there's loads of downloadable books and <laughs> we have so much on there. But one of the things is for interviews now as a company, and we teach other companies this, mm. not there's not one way of doing this, but, you know, it's upload a video. And so yes. we only have videos uploaded and then I will go through those videos and then I'll decide who goes on to the Zoom bit next. So uh, that means I can look at it in my time and it's a two-minute video, Max. Oh, I love it. You have to, you know what it means? They have to go to an effort. So that, that weans out people that don't really want to do it. Yeah. So maybe 200 that might email you, only 12 will bother. And it means they you already see how they present themselves. You're not looking yeah. for quality of camera angle. No. You're looking, you're looking because this person's going to be on Zoom. This person's going yeah. to be face-to-face -face with people because that's what we're doing it. And then you can just see what they're saying, how they say it, how much effort they go to. And even those that go to a lot of effort, they don't, they're not just because you've gone to a lot of effort doesn't mean you're going to be any good. So yeah. really the ones I'm looking at that that are that are genuine and go, you know what, and, and also that say, I'm not really good at this, actually, I'm not really good at that, I'm hoping you'll teach me that. And what comes through, you know, we've got to share a carpet with these people for 40 hours a week. So, <laughs> like, are they honest and upfront? Are they yeah. high emotional intelligence? Can they see their problems? Can yeah. they see them developing? Or do they think they know it already? Because if you've come in thinking you know, know it already, particularly to us, a sales training organisation that's teaching yeah. people to evolve and develop. You know, even Tiger Woods gets probably 10 hours of coaching a day. You've yeah. got to come in being open to development, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think people don't make it easy. It does, it's not hard to do things really, really good. Where was I the other day that I thought that was great customer service? <laughs> I always post about it. I was going to say you always share. I, I love, I love your social media shares of uh, the taxi driver that you've had the conversation with or the man at the supermarket. And I love those. I love those success taxi stories. Driver. The Uber driver then took him to his favourite. I took him to his favourite curry place. I then went to took to his favourite sweet place in Adelaide, and then went back to his family home. It's like driving <laughs> again. Um, but if it's good customer service, it just doesn't take a lot. It doesn't take a yeah. lot to be really good. And you know, for people that are listening, your clientele that are listening in, and people that are in your orbit, you know, your community. To remind everyone on the team that they're all influencing a customer. So yeah. old school used to be the receptionist felt that they were triaging, right? The call comes in, I'll put you through so and so, I'll call you back. No, 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 not anymore. Yeah. Not anymore. That person that comes in, they're the director of first impressions. They have to make sure that person that comes in really knows they've landed with the expert company. So they have the ability to do a fantastic uh, inquiry. Yeah to understand and to build rapport and to say, fantastic, John Smith or Sarah Smith is going to call you back. They've got 20 years and they did it, they'll help you with this. And they do such a great job that that person, Juliet, that's calling up, doesn't bother to call any other company up. And with that, <laughs> the other companies that are on the forms that have gone back to her, she doesn't even bother answering because yeah. now it's with the trusted advisor. So yeah. this didn't used to happen 15 years ago. Yeah, it's so true. Like, oh, you passed the lead over. And now it's like, no, they have to often go almost the whole way through the sale. In fact, yeah. I would say they are the sale because mm -hmm. if the person doesn't like them or they're not looked after properly or they okay. say, oh, like in 10 and it's an hour, then and they've already let them down, then actually your perception of your company, you know, they, they are the perception. Everyone, the truck driver, everyone is a perception of the business. So yeah. everyone needs to have good customer service skills because they're all representing the brand.
Yeah, so, so true. Gosh. Because of my two-woman mission to get this over the line, our two-woman mission. Yes, yeah, uh, I know, I know. And getting everybody at all levels to be motivated and committed to that. But I think, you know, that also... It, it comes from the top of how you lead it and then it obviously comes from also the recruitment of who you bring in, you know, like being so careful. Yeah. We always talk about, the, you know, the person is almost more important than the skills because often we can fill the skills gaps but we can't fill the values and the, you know, how somebody works, what makes them tick. Come back to that integrity piece, you know, the heart of somebody, that that's pretty much a done deal. But the you know the skills we can fill in those gaps. You're you're spot on, and I have had people before in my history. They've come in as a, a, a solid eight out of ten, mm-hmm. and others that come in as a four out of ten. But the four out of ten is open to learning. Yeah. Over time, they soon become a nine and a half out of ten. But if yeah. that eight out of ten thinks they already know everything, they just don't evolve. Yeah, one hundred percent. Oh yeah, I agree. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like you've given me so many top tips already, but I wanted my final question for you to be about your top tips. So top tips for business owners to drive a high-performing team. Oh, okay, top tips. Uh, one, uh, have a stand-up every day with your team to keep them motivated. Two, talk yeah. about success stories and talk nicely about customers. Don't don't bag customers. I'm not into that difficult customer business because yeah. your reps will think they're difficult customers and they're not. They just mean they communicate differently to you, so grow yeah. up. Just means you've got to adapt how you communicate. If you don't want their business, you can also say to them, I don't think we're the right fit for you, and be polite about it and walk away. I'd also say be polite about the competitor set. I call it the alternatives. Don't be in the ditch like this against the competitors. <laughs> decent conversation with your with your potential client. Yeah. And, and understand and be open to that because if they feel the energy from you that you're that you're uh, so stuck in your company, they won't even tell you that they've seen John Smith Wassey's jobs up the street because yeah. they'll realise that you feel uncomfortable. So they'll just say nothing and then the sale doesn't come in and yeah. then you wonder why. So instead you need to be, one, you need to know all your competitive set and what they offer, the unique selling points. points yeah. We teach all this, by the way, in our sales accelerator, quick plug. And then you need to be able to have an intelligent conversation, a collaboration where you're going, you know what, she's mentioned that twice. John Smith was his shops must have been in because he would have said that. <laughs> be able to have a mature conversation. Yeah. Hey, who have you seen? This was this to me. I'm looking at another sales chain company. I think, well, of course they are. I go, who have you seen? What have you liked? Yeah. What have you not like? What do you, you know, if they tell me what they're looking for, I go, oh, with that in mind, you might want to try that person to look at as well. You know, yeah. us three here are probably more aligned to what you're looking for than possibly those two. Yeah. You know, this stuff every day and you're yeah. supposed to be helping them. You know, if you're the authority. Yeah trusted advisor so as a leader my tip would be um all those things and to make sure your team yeah and know all the competitors know how to answer a phone know how to ask questions know how to not ask questions of a script no how to understand even the receptionist needs to know what you're selling and enough about it that yeah they're going to suddenly go into answers but they need to know enough that they are sold yeah they can actually sort of um, pull a person through and really get them learning every day like we have this academy which is like $29 a month and it has podcasts and interviews yeah. templates like phone call templates email templates meeting templates it has about 15 ebooks on there all been written on the last year yeah. the full course 144 videos it has like eight different courses that wow. are all like 148 160 200 videos like the f- full course it has live masterclasses that are 30 minutes each and mm. um, podcasts webinars 
blogs. Oh my goodness. It has Q&A, Community Hub, you name, you name it. It's the academy, you know, that you've put together yeah. and you're number one tech, techie person put together. <laughs> and and what what's great about that is um, companies are using it as a 15-minute anchor to evolve each week. So it's not just part of their part of their, you know, what's in the pipeline conversation. Yeah. Like how are we growing this week? And then each person yeah. takes it internally. There's just two people or three. And they go, hey, let's just jump on and look at this podcast together. Or let's read these two blogs on how to handle objections. And then we'll mm. talk about it. And then for 15 minutes, the facilitator goes around and says, you know, comments, insights and questions, Miriam. Yeah. Insights and questions, Tracy. And they go around. And then each person has their insights. And that's it. That's that 15 minutes that week. And that encourages emotional intelligence encourages growth encourages sharing of ideas it gets them out of their rut particularly if they're working remotely and that's been Mm. it's head now people are coming back to work it's not working for a lot of organizations they're coming back which is a problem because some organizations have downsized their i know (laughs) they've got no seats left right so i was actually on monday who said oh we've got a bit of a problem we've got eight that want to come back and we only seat three um (laughs) so i think as a leader you could be doing those things and just keep your team developing and being yeah. open. As you as a leader need to show that. You need to say, oh, I listened to this and I learned that. And you always show that you're open. I hear leaders usually do that because I'm in the market yeah. that are open. But occasionally I come across leaders, it's occasionally that say, well, I know already how to sell, it's my team. And that's your first That's your first disaster. Yeah. It actually means that person, whatever they sold up to, up to 10 years ago, has not grown in how to sell yeah. since then. They, they've been successful but, you know, I know people that are very successful that come every six months and every year to our programs. Yeah. And they will say, I'm 140% over target. But then they come back and go, we're now 320% <laughs> over target. Because we can all evolve, right? Of if course. you're evolving. So, and it could be anybody in your team that's got a great input about yeah. learning. So I think that's a good thing to do. Teach them all, you know, get them to immerse in outside, like that's an outside professional training company. Like yeah. we work on mindset. That's the sort of stuff that I read. It's all about mindset. I'm yeah. on mindset and how you learn, how you're open to learning, how you take on information, how you retain information, how you put it into practice. That's what yeah. I work so much about getting up and doing and rewiring your brain. You know, you yeah. make synaptic gaps, you make new neural nets so that you think about going forward. These are the five ways to grow this business. Going forward, this is the five ways to protect my key accounts. Oh, going forward, this is the five ways to have an acquisition plan. Going forward, I'll, I'll carve off these two hours a day to do these, yeah. these certain areas. I'll, I'll prioritize and focus my attention. Going forward, I'll be more proactive because there's an I think constantly having that language, you know, no longer can a manager be in a room with the door closed no. and just all oh, the team are out there and they know what they're doing. And yeah. then it's a bit sink or swim. Yeah. We've had people before, occasionally, that send someone on a program and they'll say, we're managing them out, but we've realised it's hit HR. The last time actually was quite a while ago, to be fair, it was like two years ago, but it has happened a few times. And they've said, HR, I've said, well, you actually haven't trained them. And so they're on there oh, wow. about to go. Also, limited awareness. You know, if you think you're going to go, just leave, right? Um, but they've sent them and they've actually said, I don't know, they'll be here. You know, we just want to tick this box. And the person's yeah. gone back and smashed it. And ah. then the <laughs> they don't happened, know what to do with them. And then the wife of the person called up the boss because they were related and said, what the hell, what's the course you've sent him on? Like, because they're learning communication skills. Yeah. So he was better with his wife and his family. Yeah. He's not been so reactive. He was pausing. He was thinking, yeah, we're all different. That's why we see the same thing from different yeah. lessons. Because we're teaching people that everyone's different and you can't yeah. just do it your way and think everyone's on board. Yeah. Um, so I think as a leader, you know, 
be open to well the fact your team needs support and read that and to, even the people that are really doing well need that and and I, actually I said this to somebody yesterday they said so and so is doing really well and I and I had to say because I'm quite straight and blunt well yes. compared to who because if you if you've if you got eight yeah. reps <laughs> and they're doing well but what's their standard if they're the model yeah. of excellence that means anyone starting is is shadowing them but they're going to go good get good behaviors which are yeah. one type only probably but they're going to pick up bad behaviors but what yeah. about that person send that person to me first if you're going to break them up which yeah in such a way they can usually they come as a team together right but i said send that send the overachiever first let's tweak that person mm. but they're smashing it and they do become your model of excellence in the office yeah and now sees trainings for development and then everyone will up their game but when you come to a public workshop you see I set the standard and so everyone yeah oh it's not Frank in Perth that does that or so and so and so and so oh okay I should be doing four times as many calls because that's the standard oh I should be organizing be on the phone by if I start at nine at 902 I should be on the phone oh is my boss having a whinge at me so you're sort of the managers love it because it takes away the it's just us telling you to do this and it's unfair and it helps them go oh the person that next to me does four times as many calls as me and maybe this is this is normal. Yeah. So I would say just keep them learning and, and be learning yeah. yourself, get excited yeah. about development, you know, and not see not see development pathways as a no longer we call it gaps, strengths and gaps or strengths and weaknesses. Uh-huh. We call it development areas. Yeah. I'm developing in that area right now. Actually, yeah. I think say you've got a weakness, isn't it, Marion? What do you reckon? <laughs> My weakness is cookie. My weakness is chocolate. My weakness is that's a good weakness to have, right? It's a good weakness to have. Yeah. But, um, yeah, that's what I think. That's a lot of tips there. I'm literally so I give some tips. My brain just went. I know, I know. And and I was going to say, you know, when you wrapped your tips, that you also give a wealth of free tips out via your website. You've got so many free resources on there that just I guess, you know, scratch the surface of all your expertise. And and then you do, you've got the Academy, which is an amazing program that allows people to start to deep dive into some of that and really flesh out that learning. I think you, you know, you've got no, no shortage of information Mm -hmm. and no shortage of expertise that you can be passing on to people. You know, you know why? Because when they come to a program, so often people either have the academy or usually they do a program face-to-face and then they have the academy. Mm. So it's constantly extending and building on what they've learned. You know, yeah. the, the uh, laureate, um, Nobel Prize a laureate uh, Kendall in the year 2000 said that when you learn something new, you you double the amount of neurons in your brain, but you've got to keep learning it and rewind yeah. it and doing it. And so, and so that's why on our workshops we have lots of, you meet different people and you practice, practice, mm. practice, practice maybe 13 times, 14 times, yeah. then you do the next lesson. And that's why the academy is afterwards to keep that learning going. Even yeah. if it's just 15 minutes a week, it is constantly rewiring your brain for future behaviors because we're working on the thinking first because it will start with your thinking because your actions and actions and behaviors follow your thinking. Mm. So we're on that and a lot of, oh, yeah, that's what I normally do. Why do I do that? Oh, next time going forward, I will do this. And there's a yeah. lot of time spent on that bit. We have to reflect, learn, and then a lot of time spent on rewiring. Yeah, that's what Amazing. we do. Thank you so much for all your generous sharing today. I think you've just given so much value and so 
such deep insights into, you know, how people can become that trusted advisor and then really succeed and not see selling as the, you know, the the sleazy, the sleazy old process that we all had to do, but really something that's aligned to helping, you know, and, and aligned to being the, the partner the whole time. That's how I see it. Yeah. Pleasure being here, Marianne. It's always <laughs> a pleasure to chat to you. Thank you so much for, you know, guiding my company and getting all the leads oh. coming in working on the academy with me, making that what it is. Your team are really special and they've got a high care factor. And you've always, you know what, you're always adaptable, come up with new ideas. We reach out and you come back with workarounds <laughs> and lenses. And so, you know, that that that's what's making, that, that is what makes a company grow, having a company yeah. like yours, because you're the trusted advisor yeah. when it comes to marketing. You know, you're the one, if when you're, when your emails come out, you're the email that I read because oh. you're the manager. That's that's what you are. You're bringing value all the time. And we're saying to clients, take value to your clients. Be yeah. front of mind. Make sure yeah. you're adding value and you're helping. You know, have a reason. Make sure they want to see you, and yeah. they always want to see you. The doors open, and that's what you always do. So, thank oh. you to you for all that, and thanks for this podcast. Allow me to share a few tips today. Oh, beautiful. Well, obviously, everyone can find you as Charmaine Keegan on LinkedIn and Smarter Selling on LinkedIn and Instagram and smarterselling.com.au, but I'll pop all that in the show notes as well. Thanks so much. Not hugely on Instagram, by the way, and the, and the company LinkedIn needs to be a bit of an upgrade, but Charmaine Keegan and smarterselling.com.au is probably the place to go. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Marianne. Hey, thanks for listening to another episode. If you don't want to miss one, make sure you subscribe to the show in your podcast app. And if you love it, be sure to share it with friends and colleagues who you think could benefit from increasing their digital marketing confidence. Want more? Head to MarianneAmys.com to find out how you can work with me directly, to reach out to have me speak at your event, or to grab yourself some free resources.